2: We're so glad you can join us, but before we get into the Word, let's go into prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for being yourself, Lord, and that you're great and awesome, too, and that you are faithful, Lord, that there's no shadow or doubt of you changing, Lord, that you're consistent, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for the blessings that you pour out with in abundance to us, Lord, and that there's no ceasing, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to repent and come back to you, Lord, and that you do not hold it against us, Lord, but you forget and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, Lord.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: In Jesus' name, amen.
1: In Jesus' name, amen.
0: (laughs) Amen. Well, welcome and good morning, everybody. We're here. Glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Romans. Mm -hmm. So we're continuing. Well, not continuing. We are continuing. We're in chapter 15. (laughs) And... We are going to reread verses 1 through 7 because the Holy Spirit has more he wants to discuss with us. And so we're going to be obedient to him. Mm-hmm. Allow him to lead, not try to lead him. Amen. So could I get a volunteer to read the first seven verses of chapter 15, please? I will. All right, I promise.
3: We then who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whoever, whatever these things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to the like-minded towards one another, to be like-minded towards one another, according to to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us, to the glory of God.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. So, as is our custom i want to open the floor because the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us. So I want to provide each of you the opportunity to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you. Excuse me. And of course, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. All right. So who'd like to begin?
2: Go ahead,
3: Oh, Charles, you can go. I'm not ready yet.
2: Nor am I. I'm, cr- I'm currently writing something down. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we start with you, sweetheart? The Lord was ministering to you. He was, yes. Okay. Um,
0: and, I, and I've actually never looked at this in this way before, right? Um. And and by that I mean, in this in the aspect of judging. All right. When we typically think of a judge, what comes to mind?
1: A justice.
0: Okay. To what
1: supposed else? to be justice, anyway.
0: What else? Um,
1: hmm. Authority.
0: Okay. Subject to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Merriam-Webster says it this way, right? Provides three definitions for a judge, as in the noun, like the a place or a person, right? law, a person who has the power to make decisions on cases brought before a court of law. To a person who decides the winner in a contest or competition. And three, a person who makes a decision or judgment. And then on the verb side of that word, it is to form an opinion about through the careful weighing of evidence and testing of premises. To form an estimate or evaluation of. Uh, especially, and this is literally in Webster's, especially to form a negative opinion about. Three, to hold as an opinion, or guess, or think. Four, to sit in judgment on, or try. Five, to determine or pronounce after inquiry and deliberation. And six is to govern or rule. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we, especially those of us today typically think of a judge right in those aspects right they sit there people bring their case before them and they make a ruling right Mm -hmm. and and i know some of you are probably a little lost right now because we read chapter 15 the first seven verses you're probably saying but nowhere in there is the word judge so how are we discussing judging right But let's not forget, one thing builds upon another and another, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, If we go back again to chapter 14, I want us to look at it this way. Chapter 15 is a continuation of what the thought was in chapter 14, right? Mm -hmm. So chapter 14, Romans 14, verse 10, says what?
1: says, but why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ.
0: Okay. And then, if we continue reading, right, Paul is talking about, well, the Holy Spirit through Paul is talking about judging trivial things. What someone eats, and right, and we, we talked about that here in, in the previous episodes, right, about being able to give grace and, and all those things and being able to bear with one another, you know, I'll say aspects of their liberty in Christ that they have not stepped into fully yet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, here in chapter 15, he's talking about bearing one another's burdens, right? Now, why do I bring up judging? Because I think we have misunderstood, we don't, as in, we haven't fully understood what a judge and judging is. Is everybody tracking with me so far? Yes. Okay. Now I want to first, before we get into that, look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13. And there are two, actually, can I get someone to read the first nine verses?
1: In Luke chapter 13? Yes. Okay. There were present at the season some who told him about the Galileans whose, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these, oh, Galileans, were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Am I in the right place, I Annie? Mean?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes you are.
1: He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for these three years, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I know you're probably looking, or you may be looking at this and saying, how would these connected? the the first, first, mm-hmm. first five verses. First five verses. What <laughs> is being said there? He's talking about people that have, have perished, mm-hmm. right? And then he even says so much so, he, he makes it personal. It's not about them. It's about you, unless you repent, right? And what is repentance? It's coming into alignment or realigning yourself with Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. And departing from the thing that is contrary to him.
0: Amen. Yes.
1: Not saving it for another day.
0: Not saving it for another day. But then he gives us parable of this fig tree, right? The barren fig tree. And there is a keeper of the vineyard, right? And... It says that he wanted to cut the tree down. But then someone came before him and said, no, no. Give me time. Give me a year. Let me do these things. Let me let me water it. Let me fertilize it, right? And then let's see if it bears fruit. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. That is the judge, the person that stood in the gap for this tree, right? Because, and I say it in this way, and I'm going to point out some other examples. He's talking about judging, but we're to examine ourselves, right? Uh, John 8, it's really verse 16, right? Um, well, I'll start in verse 15. He says to the people, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with my Father who sent me. Right? And the same or something very similar is said in John 12, 47. Give me a minute to get there. He says, "If anyone and if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world." Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I know this is probably a, a a different concept of how you're looking at a judge, All right? So, let's go back to the Old Testament and to. Uh, oh, sorry. One more thing on the the parable of the fig tree. Look at Isaiah 5. Turn to Isaiah 5, please. And could someone read the first seven verses?
2: I will. Okay. Okay. Now let me sing to my well-beloved, a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and made a, vine- a winepress in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, Judge, please, between me and my vineyard, that more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done it. That I have not done in it. Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned. And break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It will not be pruned or dug. But there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, I cry for help.
0: Okay, so does everyone see the similarities there and what we are just talking about?
1: The fig tree was not producing as it should. It was
0: not. Kind of like the vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But what is the first thing he does? Everything possible in order to allow it to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that what he, he says in verse 4? What more could I have could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You should not see the same thing in the, the parable of the fig tree? The barren fig tree? Mm-hmm. Right, but let's look at it in this way, because the whole point and purpose is to bring people back into alignment. Um, Exodus 18. Let's turn there, please. Now, in the beginning part of the first 12 verses of Exodus 18, Moses and his father in law, Jethro, are, are reunited. Right, and they're discussing like all the things that the Lord has done, okay mm-hmm. and just the incredible feats of the Lord, and of course, they're rejoicing in it, and Jethro's rejoicing, but then, in verse thirteen, actually, could I get someone to read verses thirteen through eighteen?
1: Sure, I'll read it.
0: (coughs) Oh, actually, excuse me. 13 through 20, please.
1: Okay. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, "'Because the people come to me to inquire of God. "'When they have a, when they have a difficulty, they come to me, "'and I judge between one and another, "'and I make known the statutes of God, God and his laws. "'So Moses' father-in-law said to him, "'The thing that you do is not good. "'Both you and these people who are with you "'will surely wear yourselves out, "'for this thing is too much for you. "'You are not able to perform it by yourself.' Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that they may bring the, different, the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do.
0: Okay. So are we starting to get a clearer picture now? We have, a, have incorrectly understood judging and a judge it's not just pronouncing a judgment right moses stood there judging all right says and moses sat to judge the people all right and they stood the entirety of the day and then he was asked in verse 14 what is this thing and the other versions say think say it a little different that you are doing for the people right actually in the first part of verse 14 his father-in-law saw all that he did for the people. Uh, that should indicate that there was a lot more than just sitting there and making a, a pronouncement, a proclamation, that it was the end, right? Because mm-hmm. that is fairly easy, is it not?
1: Yes. I mean, it might be time-consuming. Sh- clearly,
0: right? It was also time-consuming. But it is an indicator that there was more than just making a an announcement or a judgment, pronouncing a judgment. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. And clearly it was in-depth and intense because his father-in-law, Jethro, said, the thing you're doing, you will wear yourself out. Right? Mm -hmm. So what was he doing? He was standing in the gap for them. A judge not only does all the things that are in the definition that we read in Merriam-Webster, right? But it is also pleading the case before God, Mm. bearing one another's burdens. We're told our judgment first starts in the house, but we should judge rightly, as in righteously. Why? What did Jesus say? And we read it. I didn't come to judge, but if I do judge, I judge what rightly rightly or righteously because he only said what his father said he only did what his father did he didn't judge this is in isaiah 11 right by what his eyes saw or his ears heard In another scripture we're told to know the difference between the holy and the profane right what's right and righteous and the common depending on your translation being aware of those things, and also standing in the gap for those that are unable to help themselves, pleading the case before God. Yes? And I'll give you an example. Let's continue further back and go to Genesis 18. And what happens in Genesis 18? Starting in verse 16. We're not gonna read that.
1: Oh, this is the Sodom and Gomorrah.
0: Okay, and what happened? You can just give me an overview, it's fine.
1: Um, The Lord met with Abraham to give him an opportunity to intercede. To
0: intercede for the people, Mm -hmm. right? And what did Abraham say in verse 23? Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? And he begins, I'll say, stating or pleading his case, reasoning with the Lord, right? On behalf of the people, right? Interceding. And then in verse 25, Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall you not... Shall, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Does everybody understand that a little differently? The point of a judge, as the Lord views it, is to stand in the gap, is to plead for the people. You can look at the book of Judges and what happened with each of the judges. What was the point and purpose? Simply answer is fine
2: to deliver the children of Israel
0: Which is to do what sir deliver them from what?
2: Oppression and evil
0: which came as a result of
1: Usually their own trouble
0: their own trouble their own choice and decisions Mm -hmm. To go against the Lord Mm -hmm. To go against what the Lord taught his teachings his statutes his commandments his judgments They were enemies they were in opposition and they got themselves to a place where only the Lord could deliver them and How did the Lord do it? He sent a judge and the point and purpose of the judge was to help Bear the burdens of the people and steer them walk them back bring them back into alignment with the Lord Hmm. Because clearly they didn't know how to do it themselves Just like the parable of the fig tree Right? Mm. How is the tree going to water itself and fertilize itself and do all the things required to get it back to a place where it can produce fruit? Can it needs help? It's impossible. Wasn't Jesus um, pointing out the log in our eye there too, though, when he goes into
1: talking about the Tower of Siloam and the Mm -hmm. assumption, which uh, is a pretty consistent theme as well throughout the Bible, the assumption that when something we consider bad hate to use that word but um, right. bad happens to someone they must have done something wrong they Super must have wrong. sinned <laughs> yeah. right right so mm-hmm. and i think jesus was confronting that
0: incorrect assumption so he's also challenging your ability to have sound judgment of yourself exactly right but the whole mm-hmm. point and purpose and we see the same thing here in romans right don't judge by that Right. don't judge someone else for what they're struggling with or right Don't allow our liberty, our liberty to be spoken ill of, right? Judge rightly. Judgment first starts with the house. We are to examine ourselves, and Paul says that in Corinthians, right? Judge rightly. And those that don't judge rightly, there are consequences listed, right? Especially as it pertains to communion, right, in 1 Corinthians 11. It matters. It matters to the Lord. But we can see the similarity here because of... I'm not looking to judge my brother or judge his sin. A judge bears the burden, walks with the person, helps them out, even when they're unable to help themselves. Hence, in chapter 14, right after, right, it starts in verse 14, he starts talking about the law of love. And he pertains it to, to, I'll say, seemingly trivial things like food, right? Mm. But he, he's talking about the work of God. And um, all things are pure, but others are, are calling it evil, right? And it's evil for someone to have offense, and right? And in the natural, isn't it how most people judge? You did something that I don't like, I'm offended with you. And then tries to say you're at fault. But in the law of love, right? And this continues, right? With the bearing, if if I'm walking in love, I can bear one another's burdens someone else's burdens right because even 15 verse 1 starts with we who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves right let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification do we understand this a little better now a little differently yes Okay, I'm standing in the gap with you so that you can be built up first, repent, come back into alignment, and then be built up in Christ. And we should all reach a place of maturity where we can be that person that stands in the gap with a brother and sister in Christ. Right? Which is why then in verse 5, he said, me the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that we may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't that exactly in verse 7, right? Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Doesn't Moses plead for the people multiple times? Don't the other judges plead for the people and and help bring the, in the book of Judges, bring the people into the promise and into uh, restoration? Mm -hmm. We should be doing this, knowing that the, I'll say, the time is short. Christ is coming soon. And then it goes into Revelation, where he judges the people, right? Or as Jude one fifteen right? To execute judgment on all who, who on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds and of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way, and of the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. All right, we already talked about first Peter four seventeen, it's time for judgment to begin at the household of God. But then what is it said in James five twenty? Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from a death and will cover a multitude of sins. That only happens as a result of love. Right? Does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And in James 4, right? Do not speak evil against one another. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy but who are you to judge a neighbor? So it comes from misunderstanding what the Lord intended and purposed a judge to do. And, and even today, in the natural, isn't that part of the role of a judge? There are people that can't help themselves, but it is to promote justice and it is to give people help, even when they don't see or understand the help that they need and are unable to do it. How much more so we, who who profess Christ, who are Christians, who are believers, who claim maturity. How much more should we stand in the gap for those that are un, unwittingly or unknowingly outside of of Christ, and even for those that are our neighbor—that's anyone, professing Christian or not, not yet a believer. How much more should we stand in the gap for those? Amen. I know there's probably some comments and questions, <laughs> um, but there's a lot there. Uh, we'll let the Lord speak in oh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, speak to your heart, and And of course, if there's any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to reach out and contact us either through our website at dayofprayer.org or through email at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you, We'd love to connect with you, We'd love to discuss the word with you together. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And for time, we'll pause there for today and we will resume this in the same section of scripture again on the next podcast. Amen. Amen. Well, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please?
1: Sure, I will. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your holiness and your righteousness and your unending love and unconditional love towards us. We thank you, Lord, for the seed of your word going into our hearts. And we thank you, God, that you are bringing forth the increase and that it will produce the harvest and the return that you've sent it to God. And we just thank you and allow it to flourish within us right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister to our minds. Minister to our our thoughts, God, minister to our emotions and our, our feelings, God, and let us come into an abiding agreement with you that we're able to see your way, to see your will and call it good and accept it as it is for us in our lives, Jesus. We thank you for doing that. We thank you that you only have good intentions towards us and you only will see goodness come upon us in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you and declare your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We bless you, God. We forgive. We forgive everyone that we have aught against or who has wronged us or anything of that nature. And we thank you for, for forgiving them as well, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.